0: And welcome rugby fans again to that familiar place where you come to find out everything you need to know about rugby in North America. Of course, this is the Rugby Rant Pod, and in fact, episode 105, what a journey it has been here with the gang. We got a few of the firm favorites, but of course, you know them, but it's best to reintroduce the team. My name is Ty Braga. We got Scott, the big guy, Ferrara, Mike, the grand poobah, Parazzini, and Rob, the hammer, Hammerschmidt here today for episode. 105 and as you know gentlemen what we like to be able to do is kick off every episode by talking about what fans should know about rugby what's going on out there and we're going to give them a glimpse of that whoa. whoa, whoa Ty. Cool.
1: i gotta interrupt while we're talking sure. about what they need to know i just discovered now we've known scott's known mikey forever <laughs> but i've i've only known mikey for just a short amount of time and i just found out last week on mike the grand poobah perazzini's uh facebook page it was his birthday last week and there is a mrs grand poobah i didn't know this (laughs) Uh the fact that we finally got to see mrs grand poobah at some point please bring her on put the tear on her so she can get her due (laughs) as a rugby queen
2: absolutely
0: yeah (laughs) i like it i like it i like it a lot all right so gentlemen best we be able to take some moments apart to be able to dive in to what we know as around the pitch and we'll be back in just a moment
3: so i'm going to kick it off rugby rant fans and i'm going with we in one week we have the MLR collegiate draft 2022 that's August 18th starting at 7 p.m. on FS2 that's the first round the second third round will be live on TRN and the big guy and the hammer will be live on the uh, on episode 106 Uh, so follow us we're gonna be doing live draft analysis while they're going round through round this is our third year doing it we are the only people doing draft analysis live make sure you watch us.
0: yeah and and I'll be on a plane (laughs) Ty's going to be
1: having fun in rugby town and us, uh, you know, yeomen are down here working.
0: Making <laughs> you guys will make it still, fun. You'll make it fun. Somebody's got to hold down the fort, right? Hey. All right, Mike, what do you got for us?
2: So I would like to you know bring attention to USA rugby's newest partnership, oddballs. They really, uh, they announced it this past week, um, with, you know, I believe the U S women's sevens team in underwear, as well as the men's, uh, 15s team in underwear for those don't, that don't know about oddballs they make uh underwear and they are specifically in the business of raising awareness for testicular cancer cervical cancer they do work with uh my name's dotty foundation which is motor, motor neuro disease and all while you know doing stylish designs in the meantime for underwear so it's great to see you know oddballs teaming up with usa rugby i like I it love a lot you, you know, get-
1: I'd love to get some oddball underwear with the Rugby Rant logo plastered, you know, maybe on the front.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that's really, really actually something we should throw out there. Uh, right. I think there will probably be a lot that would enjoy it. I we can only imagine what would happen the like big guy strutting
1: in and he walks in on the yep. missus miss big guy and says, hey, baby, <laughs> look what I just got. Going back back to our young early episodes where I was doing
3: those awesome manscaped dads, huh? Yeah,
0: right, right, right. Yeah, that's well-crafted advert uh, script there. I like it a lot. Uh, Rob, the Hammer Hammer Hammerschmidt, what's next?
1: Yeah, I'm going to throw a shout out to my guy Ryan Fitzgerald, the GM down there in NOLA. He just inked a five-year extension on his contract. It's notable because, in my mind, Ryan has done one heck of a job finding identifying and developing young American talent. And we know that, you know, Dino Waldron, we had him on a couple of weeks ago, Scott and I did the RPK. Um, you know, was a 21 year old guy, never played rugby and, you know, found his way into the Noel Gold and into the U.S. Eagles. Of course, Matt Harmon has found his way in the Eagles roster. Andrew Guerra found his way in the Eagles roster. And of course, Moni Tongawea had been a center and was switched by Ryan into the, into the loose and has found his way into the U.S. Eagles. And then, and you know, I'm hoping there's two two young uh, aspiring props uh, that can make their way there. In um, uh, Brian Nolt, and um, we have uh, a, a new big guy. Oh, I had his name written down before. So,
0: anyway. CTE them, yeah. setting in
1: early, <laughs> yeah, hundred oh, percent.
0: Yeah, but you know what I do like that you that you mention is that this is a five year deal. I mean, this is a long commitment. Yeah. It's already been a great relationship, but it really shows a vote of confidence when you decide to be able to sign a five year deal. Uh, that commitment, Sam
1: Komauski. Jeez. Add
0: Tourette's <laughs> to, to that
4: list. Stand, stand out from the 2021
0: Rugby Showcase, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Just, they're like, attacked me with that name there, Rob. Uh, so let's let's stick on the theme of, of, of management here for a moment. And it's very common to be able to see the reshuffling in the offseason, whether it be on the field or off the field. This is very common as you kind of set the foundation for the season ahead. And a lot of organizations have looked at management at the highest levels, one of which is... Old Glory DC uh, had a disappointing season, of course. They did make some strides back in the end. Um, You know, there's obviously going to be difficult conversations at the boardroom tables after that so they decided okay well something we need to be able to focus on is the front office organization but we need somebody who's got an overall view that person has been chosen as the gm uh, for the uh, operations commercial operations the operations scope and scale for uh, uh, marcelo blanco is the name of the gentleman coming in uh, first time in their franchise history they've had this position uh, background in finance politics and sports mostly in Argentina. Strong ties to the Scottish Rugby Union, which you also know OGDC has had. In fact, his relationship goes as far back as 2011 with the Scottish Rugby uh, Union. So wonderful to be able to see somebody who's got that firm background in finance, in operations, but still is a rugby person taking the helm there and kind of steering them a little bit more forward. Um, so I wanted to also highlight Dallas. Obviously, Dallas had uh, had much higher hopes for their season. Um but it didn't work out according to plan. So they're going to make sure that they bring in right at the top, new team president. This is Steve Violetta as the president, most notable resume uh, points, would be the fact that this guy has actually been involved in five NHL franchises, uh, Major League Baseball at one time was also a a, a development uh, um, side for for baseball as well, management. So there's a wealth of experience coming in there, but it's going to be looking at everything from ticketing uh, to the commercial sponsorships and everything in between to kind of make sure that everything is according to the growth strategy. And this is what rugby needs. You know, we're looking at teams that are thinking now you need to separate the rugby manager and the general management of the team. You can't ask one person to do it all, so it's great to be able to see positions like these. Uh, Scott, what else have you got?
3: Well, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but we've had a lot of major trades, so I'm going to go over the last five. So starting on 718, NOLA receives salary cap considerations in 2023 from Rugby New York. Rugby New York receives the service rights to uh, Nick Feeks, a winger. Yeah, I'm crying inside, Scott. <laughs> I know, uh, you know, so that's, that was an interesting move by your buddy Fitz. Um, but, you know, obviously uh, we've seen, we've seen it a couple times where players have to move for family and, and we've been hearing kind of chirps about it. it's a, it's a family move. Yeah. Um, and listen, you know, family's number one. Uh, then on uh, seven twenty nine, 29 uh, Toronto traded Andrew Quatran to Utah. Utah gave up one international slot to uh, Toronto. Then on eight, four, Andrew Quatran moves again. Andrew Quatran gets traded from Utah to new England, New England then sends salary cap considerations for 2023 back to Utah. That same day, Utah makes another trade. They receive salary cap considerations for 2023 and the Seattle Seawolves uh, receive playing rights to Mike Gelson. And then the last trade, 8-5 so, that we've had so far, is uh, Nola receives the playing rights to uh, James Fiale and uh, Utah receives Nola's second round pick in the 2022 collegiate draft. So we had five big moves. Utah you know, really, out of five big moves they made, four of them they they really are looking to do something this year.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, Utah, unfortunately, one of those that we had expected more from last season, so it's not surprising to be able to see a few things um, changing in in the roster and the lineups there. So let's hand it over to Mikey the Grand Poobah.
2: So I'm going north of the border, the U.S. border that is, over, up to Canada for this one. Uh, this was brought to my attention by 99 Social or uh, Pints and Scrums on Instagram. Uh, but apparently, World Rugby has given University of Calgary five hundred thousand dollars to boost research into a female rugby concussion study. And so, this is good. This is you know, concussion and player welfare is a big thing on everyone's kind of minds in the rugby world. We talk about you know how everyone we need to keep making sure that everyone is safe and that you know people aren't getting traumatic head injuries. So it's good to see that you know World Rugby is investing money to make sure that you know something is being done so they're they're talking the talk and they're walking the walk as well so it's good to see
0: yeah, absolutely. This really is coming into to relevance more and more as the weeks go by and will continue to do so as there's a pending lawsuit that's going to be filed against World Rugby um, from, I think it's more like 100 players they've actually managed to be able to get in this. But it's all talking about, you know, the impact of CTE and now looking at how to be able to identify it earlier and its repercussions. These are the important steps. So thanks for highlighting that though, Mike. Really important. Um, so let's throw it over to Rob again.
1: Thanks, Ty. Um, So as I talk about this next one, I'm going to focus on college rugby for just a bit. I want to remind everybody to keep checking out the Rugby Rant. We got a new segment being spearheaded by the big guy called Running a Bronco with the big guy. He's going to be talking to college, high school youth, you know, all our developing players, those guys that don't necessarily get all the attention on the RPK, but are the future of our rugby and on that note, I want to talk about the future of rugby, and that is college rugby. So there's a bit of a change in in college rugby. It's it's not as monumental as it would seem. The College Rugby Association of America, the CRA, and I forgive me if, if I screw up some of these acronyms because there are a lot of them here. <laughs> but um, there there are the organization that's that's uh, supported by USA Rugby, um, <clears throat> the ACR, which is the American College Rugby, which has I think 68 teams and in, it, in women's teams. Uh, sorry, men's teams. Excuse me. In it, and then the American College Rugby Association, um, who has 55 women's teams, have merged under that College Rugby Association of America, and so we're seeing that that you know, wild west of collegiate rugby shrink just a little bit, get a little bit more organized. You go from six organizations to four organizations. So just so you know, anybody that's keeping track, you got uh, the uh, CRA, the Co- College Rugby Association of America, sanctioned by USA Rugby. It has your D1A uh, men's. Uh, your D1 Elite Women's, D1 and D2 for men and women's. Um, That's one. You got the NIRA, which is uh, the National Women's Varsity, and there are 22 programs in that. Then you got, of course, NCR, which is by and large the largest collegiate uh, organization governing body, has about 15,000 members, 70% of collegiate programs are involved in that. Um, They put on the CRCs, and then there's some independents. So, um, you know, I don't envision a time in which we're going to see Uh, All four organizations fall under one umbrella. I mean, it doesn't even happen in collegiate sports because you have the NCAA and you have the NAIA. But uh, could this be one step closer to perhaps a little bit more unification in terms of 15 season, when that's going to happen for all collegiate rugby, a seven season when that's going to happen? I sure hope so, because I think rugby fans would only benefit and rugby would only benefit in development. Um, through a little bit more organization at the college level.
0: It's a closer alignment than it's ever been before. So it's a step in the right direction. But, you know, uh, sure, does does is it the answers to everything? No, but it's a step in the right direction. Talking about uh, the amateur game again for a moment, National Club Sevens is going to be taking place this weekend, St. Louis is his location. And where can you watch it? You got to tune into the rugby network. So, if you're craving some rugby action, you want to see that next generation, high energy, fast paced that Sevens has always promised is going to be on offer. Mm-hmm. So, you got to tune in this weekend. That's the 13th and the 14th of, of August. Uh, make sure that you check it out on the rugby network. You're going to see very much uh, uh, important players. From Both Sides, Men's and Women's Game, That Future Generation, and make sure that you check it out. Again, thank you very much, gentlemen, for uh, sharing what people should know. And again, covering everything rugby here on the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. And we'll be back in just a few moments after a few words from one of our sponsors.
1: Tidehead Brewing Company is not just Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers. It is also a great place to enjoy local acts performing live music every Thursday and Saturday nights. Additionally, their Wednesday night trivia nights are something not to be missed. Tidehead is located in Mundelein, Illinois, and easily accessible for many Chicagoans as it is just steps away from the metro. Owner Brewster and the Tidehead staff are dedicated to ensure your micro experience is as tight as their beers. Bruce's love for rugby extends beyond the origin of his brewery's name. Tidehead is committed to supporting the rugby community. This includes his support for Lake County RFC and our own Rugby Rant Podcast show. Tidehead's Tap Room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and teammates can meet, socialize, and enjoy the wide variety of brews on tap. Regardless of whether your palate enjoys a good IPA or dark bale-aged brew, Tighthead can deliver. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try.
0: Welcome back, rugby fans. It's that time again to be able to go into our rugby debates. This is where our team shines. This is where we do what we do, gentlemen, and that's rant about everything rugby. But this time... What are we talking about? Well, we are talking about sevens. It's obviously a hot topic right now. It's the trend. We've moved from the 15s into the sevens season here in many ways. And that important introduction to the sevens calendar is the PR sevens. It's the only professional sevens league Domestically, right now. So it deserves to be put center stage, at least for this period of rugby in the rugby calendar. So, what are we talking about? PR Sevens originally started in uh, October, I think it was last year. And that happened in Memphis, AutoZone Park. It was a 10,000-seater stadium. They ended up with about 50% of that, which was pretty good for a first time around. I mean, to launch something from nothing was impressive enough. It was shown on Fox Sports. uh, I think FS2, in fact, not FS1. And that was something that we might dive into a little bit later, talking about broadcast. But really, the question we're asking here, gentlemen, has it grown? What is the success Of it so far, and where might we see it go in the future for Premier Rugby 7s in North America? And we're going to open up this rant in reverse order. We didn't actually plan this beforehand, so I'm going to swing it over to uh, my right-hand side on the screen. So I should go this way to Mr. Rob, the Hammer Hammer Hammerschmidt. What are your thoughts about PR 7s?
1: Well, I I love the concept of PR 7s. Of course, last year Memphis was a proof of concept, and it proved that it was a viable product. And, of course, this mm-hmm. year they spread it across regionally, you know, uh, East, Midwest, and, and West, which is always great to see. Um, but, I, I, you know, I, I there are some real strengths, and I think there's some positive to come out of it. I think there were some things that I kind of left scratching my head a little bit that I'd like them to consider moving forward. Hopefully they adjust and adapt. Um, I was a little frustrated because... Number one, there were a lot of rugby events going on in the calendar at that time. Remember, we had rugby World Cup qualifiers in two of the three weekends. Sure, um, yeah, and right. that was frustrating for a guy who wanted to watch Eagles try to qualify for the World Cup, and because you couldn't, you couldn't like rebroadcast the stream. If you missed the original uh, uh, run out, you couldn't record it, or and you couldn't just. You know, restream it for yourself. So I didn't get a chance to watch any of the play, and I thought it was hard to find on the free version. I tried several times, and I I failed miserably. And of course, you're talking
0: course, about Fubo, Fubo TV yeah. as opposed to its traditional home. Well, if we can call it traditional, the first time around on Fox. Just wanted everybody to know.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so that that I question a bit. Um, it's great for rugby because it exposes. Uh, the first of all, the festival formats, traditional mm-hmm. love it. I, and for this type of rugby, I like the idea that it's not, you know, city based, that it travels from different cities. Teams aren't city based by that, that. That's what I mean. Um, I, I love that idea. Um, and and it exposes maybe up and coming athletes to the possibility of, uh, of for the Olympic team, the ODB process and being part of the USA seven setup. And of course, that happened last year with the MVP, Logan Tago, who played for the experts this year. And then he had to go uh, to USA training, to USA camp. But you know, he was he was found out through this process, and that can only be a successful thing. It's good to see some of the MLR guys, of course. um, You know, guys like Patrick Madden, who you know uh, uh, scored an important try. um, You know, uh, shine. But what about club players who ingrained in sevens, who might want to get a shot or a chance? They had to make a choice between playing in you know two or three series weekends and then being exempt from playing with their club right and i think that limits some of the club players that could possibly develop into you know future sevens players um so those were some of my concerns uh but overall i love the idea i just hope they work it out better in the rugby calendar and they find a little bit better format so that people can catch up and watch the stream
0: Yeah. And I was hoping to be able to hear a couple of the takeaways that people, you know, having heard your rant there, would walk away with knowing that uh, for you, the concerns was uh, the viewing ability, um, moving from Fox through to its new streaming home with uh, uh, FUBU TV. I'm sure I'm getting that wrong, but uh, how to pronounce it. But it happened anyways. So, Then also the ability to be able to work it into the current calendar where, you know, that's a struggle with almost any event when you add something new to the calendar. It's already squashed. It's already troublesome. So, yeah, but those are those you would hope to be able to see worked out a little bit better, especially when you consider that it's overlapping with two of the main events uh, in July for us, at least this year, was the qualifiers for USA uh, Rugby. Now, even if it's not the qualifiers, it will still be in a July international window. You know, so that's something to yeah. think of. I like you and the fact that you brought that up, regardless whether it was the qualifiers or not, there's still going to be rugby internationally. Let's hand it over to Mike, the Poo, grand poobah. Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, it, it clearly, you
2: know, it has grown. You know, we went for one, you know, event last year. They had, they took the onus upon themselves. They made three events this year from all things considered, you know, or from what we're hearing, it seemed like it was, you know, widely attended. We don't know the viewership numbers yet. Um, mm-hmm. I can say though, I did not watch a single match. Unfortunately, I just either didn't have the time or like half of the rugby players in America, you know, two weekends ago, on the weekend of the 30th, I was at a rugby tournament, whether it be, you know, Can-Am's weekend, pitch a tent. But it seemed like every single rugby tournament was happening that weekend. Right. And I know that, I think moving forward, Sevens is – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hate my – my past self is going to hate me for saying this, but Sevens is the future for rugby right now, especially for, like – In America, of for rugby. sure. In America. Um, you know, the TikTok generation loves Sevens. You know, you, you see the seven stars. It's it's quick-paced game. It's fast. I'm not sure how many of those people, though – how many of those kids, though, are, you know, gravitating to watch PR Sevens, especially on – a platform that i didn't even know about it was on until i looked it up today you know so mm-hmm. it's it, i think there's there's definitely room to grow and it is growing i think it's made its first few steps forward uh, but there are definitely some things that need to happen to make it a complete you know and success uh yeah to continue to grow you know rugby in in the u.s
0: well for sure I mean second time around yeah. you're hopefully moving a little bit farther forward and third time I don't think around, they they, they
2: definitely have, yeah they've definitely moved the ball forward it's a question of have they moved the, the ball forward enough to yeah. make a dent to make make sure that you know they can keep doing it for years to come Right
0: and we're going to we're going to put a pin in that for now because that'll be a part of your final thoughts as to where you lie on that topic but I wanted to return to something that you, you mentioned is really how many people are attending what's the ticket sales we don't have specifics But if we can take a best guess scenario from what we know, you know, one of us here has actually been at the events last year and this year alone. We'll hand it over to Scott in a moment as our authority here on the subject. But from what we know, what little we do know, it's the optics would suggest that the attendance has actually been pretty reasonable. So what do we consider reasonable? Three to four thousand per an event in stadiums that house 10,000 plus. So you're looking at 30 to 40%. I tell you what, there are a lot of stadiums professionally in rugby in the U.S. that are not achieving those numbers consistently for each match. You might argue that they are even better than some of the numbers, regular season games, that the MLR sides had achieved. So in if that's the measurement to hold it up against in professional rugby they're not doing too badly right and that's worth mentioning you know, the fan engagement we all know how great a product is for sevens to get people engaged it's easy to understand it's easy to enjoy it's a shorter game they don't have to be able to understand much of the rules but they can enjoy uh, the game so much more easily because of it and it's something else that you mentioned though before is you don't know how many of the rugby-loving culture like you that might actually be able to watch it because you're attending other events, you're doing other tournaments if you're a player or you're uh, helping to organize the events. You're not involved, but you're not their target market. You're going to watch the rugby if it's available right but it's the new audiences that you that you are trying to be able to see and that's what we don't know but what world rugby does know and they hired somebody brand new this year recently announced just to be improving fan engagement for rugby and world rugby has said sevens is the medium to do so so clearly pr sevens has a lot more way a lot more room to grow than perhaps other versions of the same game do. So let's hand it over to Scott to hear your thoughts as our authority on the subject here today.
3: Let's get hot, baby. So I want to just talk about some of the facts Mike and Rob brought up, specifically about the viewership and didn't know where to go. I mean, they literally put the links. This is the link. It's starting now on all their social media. And if you're and as Mike talked about, you know, the TikTok generation is the seventh generation. So those guys found out where to watch it for free on fubu sports uh online um i mean i streamed the first weekend i but streamed no the one north
0: week. of 50 like rob hamish yeah. well uh, yeah but you
3: know what you know, but my point my point is where if you want to talk about fan engagement a lot of people north of 50 also think sevens isn't the best form of you know form right. out of rugby you know so you're you know, right because they it, have a
0: purist attitude that 15 exactly. is the game they enjoy Exactly. The second thing is,
3: you know, um, and Rob was talking about bringing in local players, you know, the rhinos did have a partnership they have an ownership of the loggerheads title and they right. brought in their high performance uh, shop and their academy, the rhinos academy in to play on the loggerheads. So I think we're going to see more of, of the corporate aspect of teams partnering with some of these high performance academies mm-hmm. and bring in players that way. Um you know, I, I I think it's just something that it, it was a kind of a uh, news thing that they slapped on them. There's a three-year agreement to provide on-field high-performance, uh, you know, uh, training to the right. loggerheads. You know, and I think it's just something that because it only happened to one team, it wasn't as big news. But I think it's starting to infiltrate as far as that's concerned. So, for, for my aspect, from actually going to D.C., yeah, there's about 3,500, 3, 4,000 there. In the rain, we had a 90-minute rain delay at one point. What I liked that they didn't have in Memphis – Was they actually had booths and it was uh, OG DC were there and they were playing. They had Jenga, you kick the ball, you know, pass the ball through the thing and they were talking about OGs and the young OGs, right? They had the WNBA for DC team was there just talking about women's sports. They had the USA women's um, um, traveling museum which was friggin' awesome it was so cool to see all the artifacts that were there and it had traveled and rob had spoke about this a couple months ago because it was at the wpl match in chicago and he he hit me up he's like hey they told me they're gonna be a pr7 to so take a look it was outstanding and then they had several other booths and my point was they're starting to create that atmosphere where in between matches and when they're checking the field you can go and you could do something it breaks up the rugby a little bit right. but you can come right back to the rugby when it starts the other thing i want to talk about is actually the the play the rugby play that was happening Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was up in the booth for a bunch. I was down doing interviews, which you guys will see later in our RPK segment. And, man, they were they were smacking each other, especially the women. There were some big hits that you heard. I heard all the way up at the booth when they made contact. Um, the play was a little more... Uh, uh, unified. You know, they had played in San Jose. They had two weeks of practice before that, a week of practice, then in D.C., then another two weeks, and then they played in Austin. So, I mean, they had about four or five, six weeks of practice, and the men's and the women's teams were all practicing together. If you'll notice in the interviews, the men's and the women's teams both talk about how they they were hanging out with the women's or men's team, or they were practicing together, and they actually were one big team and not separate units, which it was kind of like last year. And there was big names there. Abby Gostitis was there. Uh, you know, Logan Tago was there. His brother was there. Um, Devin Short, Patrick Madden. We talked about Patrick Madden took the loggerheads from essentially a last place team to win the entire thing. And then, of course, this year we had the United Championship, which the headliners won, which was they had the most points for men's and women. So it wasn't just a women's championship, it wasn't a men's championship. It was combined what those points mean so every match meant something because you want to get
0: those points. Mm-hmm. Yeah and we don't want people to forget as well that they're a bit of a pioneer in terms of the sporting landscape that it's equal pay for every participant so you know continuing that same theme it's great to be able to see them share championship title uh, as opposed to competing individually by by gender you know <laughs> um, and, and that's wonderful to be able to do so it's also a great ambassador component, component for the sport it's bringing new eyeballs it's engaging audiences we haven't made necessarily engaged before. And and let's be honest, no rugby in America has engaged the audience that it should just yet. Um, And this might very well be another great tool. There are some, though, there are some who might say we're getting to the point that there's just too much rugby, uh, that we're overpopulating our rugby calendar, that we're saturating the product of sevens and rugby in general because of these derivative versions of the game we know and love, right? These are the naysayers out there to them what do we say scott well i gotta be honest you know these aren't guys who are right now
3: going to be picked for the eagles anyway if they were picked for the eagles they wouldn't play on the pr sevens we had a whole bunch of women's sevens players who didn't play in this tournament because the week after they're playing they're starting their first week at eagles camp for the world cup this this year so i mean i think you get those people and this goes back to goes back goes back to the hammers point about mm-hmm. like bringing up the youth you're seeing right. more you're gonna see more and more players come up through this pr sevens i think as we have these bigger tournaments happening around it now do i agree is it a pain in the ass to be trying to watch flow and trying to watch fubu sports the same same time yes but here's the thing this was like a six or seven hour event so you watch mm-hmm. your two hours of the eagles and then you watch the right rest and you got three
0: tour. days to catch it too well sorry one day but three days of yes. of action if you add it all up Absolutely.
3: So I think, do I think it's the calendar is getting messy? Yes, but I think because it's sevens, you do have the player pool to continue with that exciting play. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Hey, to quote uh, Tim Meadows' character on Saturday Night Live, "The Ladies Man." Uh, yeah, you can never have too much rugby. So, um, <laughs> I, I, look, I, I, you know, um, I think Scott's got a valid point. You can catch it on FUBU. again. That would go to my point, which is. If they had it stream where you could pick up it at any time and watch it the day after or maybe a little bit earlier, a little bit later to adjust your calendar for a guy like Mikey, who might be playing that day, could catch it the next day and they could still gain some traction. I think that that would be a market improvement. Um, But I do at the risk of throwing myself out of contention for the Rant Trophy this week, uh, I'm going to take issue with Ty. Um, You said that it's not uh, Mikey isn't like the target market. For them, and I disagree. I mean, I think when any I didn't rugby say Mikey put... wasn't.
0: I said you went. <laughs> no, the guys, true.
1: guys playing club rugby like Mikey because he was away on the weekend. Yeah. Um, You know, when 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 selling rugby to mm-hmm. the American public, what's the number one thing that you bring up to investors and advertisers? It's the amount. Of registered men and women playing rugby. Why? Because they're part of your target audience. So why do they get mentioned in the convo about your target audience if then you turn around and say, "Well, that's not who we're yeah. trying to appeal." No, to.
3: but no, that's I, not that's not what Ty was saying. But and I want to ask Mike a question, Mike. What time did you? What
2: time was your tournament? Did your tournament start? It started. Uh, my first game was at nine a.m. And okay, when did that day end? My last game ended at 7 p.m. So What's your alibi, yeah.
3: <laughs> so, I know, so no, my point is, they started every they started every PR sevens event at 3 p.m. and ended around 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. Right. So you could have caught the last three hours of the event. And let's why be honest, didn't you? Not, What's wrong? And, with you? And, no, no. But my point is, you're not. <laughs> and, and I know Mike. Mike was in big sevens tournaments where he wasn't playing every second of the day. He could have taken a break, yeah. popped on his phone because it was on FUBU Sports and not okay. on FS2 and watched it and took a little break. So my point is, it is marketing to those people. And a lot of the people that were in attendance had their
1: uh, rugby club gear on. So yeah. it was those people who didn't so, go
3: to those tournaments.
1: And now, I will say, look, I for forward on the FUBU app, which is on my Roku and it. I couldn't find it. Right. So. I'm not sure why it wasn't available or why it wasn't there or, or some of the struggle. But Again, if if you you're trying to market a product, you don't yeah. want to make it hard for people. But, to it, find but it wasn't it. hard. You, you it go to their easy. social media and you literally you sent me link. a link and I clicked on it and it didn't work. So <laughs> that's, so that sounds like I just <laughs> like it was going to cost out. me.
3: It was, was going to ask me it's to sign up. You asked me what Fubu TV was. I said, this was FUBU TV. FUBU sports network is free. On their on online, so I think that's where there's some confusion, Rob. And like I said, if you followed their social media because you're a fan, they posted it several times.
0: So, gentlemen, let's take a moment to be able to reflect on what we've got here right now. Mike, the Grand Poobah, has shared his alibi with us. Uh, he did not do it. He was busy between nine and Dragnet. six p.m. But he has no excuses as a rugby fan why he did not watch it. Uh, Rob has clearly technology disadvantaged like much of the population his age and couldn't figure it out. Scott Ferrar was the only one there. So let me start it off with you on your final thoughts. Where is this going in the future and was it a success to date?
3: I think it was a success. They brought the number of teams down. Last year they had an issue with attrition. They came out with a format that was better than last year that made more sense, and that included the men's teams and the women's teams for each franchise. There were, On average, there were more people. If you spread over the events, and it was a coast-to-coast and then a a middle-of-the-country thing, so they they kind of hit every area. Do I think they need to go further than that in the future? I think next year they still do three. They see how it goes, Mm -hmm. but it Mm -hmm. is growing incrementally, and I think you will see the rise of this as it gets up, and as you see people hang up the boots. Madison Hughes hung up international rugby. He came in, he played for the experts, and he hit a he hit a friggin' uh, um, a conversion at the death to beat the Loggerheads in, in the semifinal match that only Madison Hughes could hit. And uh, Ish Shabazz from the headliners goes, you know, if we're, if I'm gonna lose, I want on Madison Hughes to hit a conversion from halfway down the field all the way to the right. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, I mean, yeah. I think I think it's it's incrementally on the rise. It doesn't need to do too much next year to be better. I think the format stays the same. Maybe they add one extra stop somewhere, maybe in the northern Midwest instead of Texas, South, southern area. And I think they'll be good.
0: Yeah, so you're saying, you know, baby steps, really. I mean, exactly. what you've got is a good product. You want to walk before you run. And certainly <laughs> uh, that's the best way to grow the sport here in the U.S. because there's a lot of uh, failed cases that you could learn from, right? Absolutely. So let's hang it over to Mike. What do you got to share? First,
2: I was going to say, I will answer your, your first question, which is this an issue of too much rugby? It's not an issue of too much rugby. It's, you know, summer has always typically been uh, the sevens, you know, time. And, you right. know, you have pr- premiership teams that play summer sevens that I've seen on, you know, FS1, FS2, it, it Sevens is, is around, you know, maybe it doesn't get as much publicity, but maybe this is, you know, the step forward to getting that publicity, publicity and, you know, PR sevens is a step. I think, yeah, I think what Scott was saying, you know, we're it's making small but incremental steps forward. And I think that's what needs to be done. I think some things need to be smoothed out specifically around, you know, streaming, maybe, you know, getting a better streaming partner the rugby network, possibly, you know, try and, you know, collect all rugby on one kind of area or maybe, you know, getting, you know, Fox or someone else that's main to do it. But I think, you know, small incremental steps forward. I love the fact that, you know, yeah, smaller, you know, less amount of teams, but you know, right. same amount of teams, men's and it, women's it's a less it made everything philosophy. better. Yeah. It's a less of is more more. Um, I would love to see like regional teams. I would love to see, you know, a Northeast regional team that way I could, there's players that I could see and I could cheer for maybe, you mm-hmm. know, a West coast regional team that makes, instead of guys so you can who, identify with a side. I, I can identify. So yeah, yeah, exactly. So instead of, you know, Oh, I know a player here, no player there, no player there. Don't know mm-hmm. who to root for. If it's all, if it's a one regional team, I'd, I'd and and, and team team this, is,
0: this is unscripted and I'm going to throw it back at you. And I think one of the things that has kind of started to emerge uh, with sevens is that unlike the 15s game where you follow the side, right? You follow the country, you follow the, the team, you follow the union, whatever it may be. In sevens, it's kind of emerged that there are some that stand out above the crowd and you follow the players more. Yeah. Do you think that's something that will work for sevens in the American landscape, which is already used to that type of sports culture? I think so. I think it it adds, you know, it, it kind of mixes right in, makes
2: it, it perfect. You know, you're, you're going to see more and more people with, you know, Mar jerseys on their back, you know, mm-hmm. Tapper on their back, you know, Isles on their back, um, you know, Martin Yusefo, uh, Yusefo on their back. They can sell the jerseys that have the people's right. name. And that's, I think that was something that was brought up a couple months ago with somebody uh, might've been on the rant where, you know, we're trying to, you know, you're, trying to create a brand and part of that brand is yeah. people and players and so uh, especially you know, with MLR you want instead of a number it's a, it's a person and I think sevens that mm-hmm. stands out since there are less people and a
3: person you want, I want to add to Mike's comment we're seeing that in premier uh, League lacrosse where they're doing mm-hmm. the it's not necessarily a team focused on a region but they're do this it's essentially the same thing that Premier seven does they go to a, a, a stadium for a weekend. They play right. their round robin tournaments for points. And then the last one's going to be the championship based upon that point total. But each of the teams is quasi not related to, to a, a town. Now, we know like the Loggerheads are kind of like the Northwest and the Loonies are kind of like the Midwest. You know, we had the locals last year, which was like the New York team, you know, with the subway affiliation, but the, it's loosely affiliated. It's not necessarily hardcore that way. Yeah. And you could just be a fan of the team because you like the team.
0: Yeah. And what I think I would like to be able to see is more of a narrative developed behind these sides. You know, share more of the story, the origin, where they come from, the players, like get more of a narrative. And especially because you've now gone from one event to three, you have the time to do that. That's what people fall in love with is the story as much as the action on the field. You know, they love the underdog story. They love the challenge. They love that all of that. And I think that there's a missed opportunity in marketing because they have so much to build up to, they're done now. They got a year of of building the next narrative. So that's where I feel like where I could see the next growth. That is not a lot of money. It's just time. Rob, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I'd like to jump on that train a bit. I think think we're cooking with gas just in general and, and trying to create a more marketable product. The way to go is Okay, you know these are kind of regionally represented teams, as Mikey said. But then you can't forget that, you know, if you're an experts fan, you don't want to, and you have a you know a jersey of your favorite experts player. Let's say it's Logan Tago, and I don't want to see him next year be affiliated with another team, right? Right. I want him to be back the experts. There, yeah. So i I've got to, i I've got to not only identify with players, but I want that identification to be consistent from from season to season. So, you know, with that in mind, do you do your these regional teams? kind of draw players from the region as best as possible right Mm -hmm. you still got to have a balanced roster but an example my favorite schmidt ross depper schmidt played for the uh i think he uh, played for the headliners and um and so did Devin short those guys are both midwest you know kind of in that central region well look you know um let's try to Gather players from that central region that are kind of from that area, and they'll play for right. that central team. And now, all of a sudden, as a guy that's from the middle of the country. I do not only identify regionally, mm-hmm. but identify with some of the players, of course, from the team that I follow yeah. and and the Nola Gold. So, you know, it gives me more identification um, with that team. I think there's more right. marketable uh, merchandise. And I think fans will have a and look. The direction. rhinos are kind of already know. We already know the rhinos are from. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, aren't they from out West? They're yeah, like, West Coast. Uh, California. Yeah, California West Coast team. So, I mean, that's kind of started with that piece. I think it would mm-hmm. be uh, – I think I would like to see it But grow they're not more. saying –
0: they're not sharing it. We know that, but I doubt anybody else does. Right. And that's the missed opportunity. We're very much having the same conversation in, in different parts of that same conversation. So, to round it all up, though – um, you know, when it comes to the broadcast, we've got some question marks of where they might go next. You know, there's some of us that may feel that Fox could have been a better home because it had more eyeballs. It was easy to be able to engage with. But then maybe it wasn't because not everybody has access. The same with the streaming, right? Um, hitting a younger generation is important. But what is great to be able to see that this iteration, it's already started to expand and include more of the rugby so community and sporting community in general by getting everybody involved on and off the field too. So they definitely are thinking about fan engagement. Ticket sales are above average if we compare it against the rest of domestic rugby uh, in the U.S. So it's certainly got more in favor for it than it does against it. So there's a lot of room to be able to grow. The calendar is going to be difficult, but the more events that they have and the more prominent it becomes, you might find that other, other partners might be more likely to sit down at the table with them and go, okay, let's figure this out together. And they realized that they got staying power. Right? So let's leave it there. But we wanted to be able to hear from our fans of the show here on the Rugby Rant, as it is customary. Drop us a comment by following us under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod. Tell us if you think we're on par or you think we're way off base you get the opportunity to be able to rant back at us by following us online on all our social media platforms under the handle at Pod, Gentlemen, it has been a blast as for usual. We asked and promised for a thrilling debate, and it was delivered. We're going to be back in just a few moments. After we hear from one of our sponsors, we'll be back with a familiar run parcel kick interview. This ball represents the game we love a game fueled by passion, but there are those who wear no number, nor are they in the locker room or the field of play, but they are there for every high and every low, yes, they are watching every kick, tackle, and try score, yes. They are there for when you need them most, because they are the Major League Rugby fans. And the time has come for you to stand with your team. Join us at shopmlr.com today.
3: PR7s, Aki Raymond, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you ha- uh, coming on the show for a couple minutes before your award. we got the loggerheads behind us. Aki's part of the loonies. we got loonies, loggerheads, experts, and headliners this year. Uh, my locals, not in, the, not in the tournament this year, but we're coming back next year. Um, so real quick, you know, we had one stop last year the PR7s. We have three stops this year. The championship is in Austin next week. Um, what do you feel about the brand growing and having these other
2: stops? I think it's great. I mean, it's great for the sport. I do gets the opportunity to have their the game, game there. Um, also,
1: like, it's fun for us. We can travel, play more rugby than one tournament. So I think having more to be uh, really beneficial.
3: Absolutely. Listen, we have a great bunch of Sevens fans outside. I'm hoping for the party stat- uh, uh, atmosphere in here. Although it looks like we might get dumped on a little. We're getting a little bit of rain. So do you think it's an advantage or a disadvantage? With a soggy pitch for sevens. Soggy pitch uh, is going to be a disadvantage yeah. for both off and defense. Some guys can step, and some guys are going to slip when they <laughs> get step. So it'll be fun. It'll be slick ball, so there's a lot more ball control. It'll be a little narrow. That's Absolutely. So, I don't know. Maybe we'll hold off on some of those awesome offloads. Uh, I, I right,
0: right might
3: right. try to do one. I don't know. Some of the action. Yeah. Exactly. Dylan Fawcett do the quick flip behind the back. Yeah. You know? um, so, right now... This, this, this is meaningful points right here. Um, you guys need to step up and get some points here to get on track for the bracket next week. Um, what are your keys for the Loonies to win this morning? Um Our keys are, one, to win our restarts. Uh, we lost the game because we lost, I think, a 3 in a row, and that really helped. We didn't have position. We to score points. We did have position. So that's a main point we are working on. We picked up a Nauti play. Restart specialist, one of the best players I ever played with or watched playing. He's quick, here. Yeah. We got the Ronti goal going to take some angles for sure. Exactly. But I think uh, with those, piece, those guys there and our uh, focus on the rest of the should be a lot better. All right, perfect. Aki, thank you so much for being on the record. and appreciate it. good luck. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Hey, it's the big guy Scott Ferrara again. Steph Ravetti with me from the Loggerheads. They're currently w- leading in the women's division. And as uh, my buddy Eric Nemeth said, they're holding up the men's side in that United Championship. Um, so, Steph, looks like the weather's going to be a little dodgy at the start. Uh, do you think that's an advantage or disadvantage for a lot of it? Um, I think it's an
4: advantage. I mean, I think we have such a, like, young, lively team that we're just, like, so excited to play here. It's an awesome stadium. We've got the clouds, which is actually really <laughs> nice, cooled it down a little bit, a little but I bit, think yeah. like we're just excited to get out there.
3: That's awesome. You know, you got a follow-up a great performance last week here in D.C. What are your keys to finish out the uh, tournament
4: here in D.C.? Yeah, I think, like, coming together, we just want to stay connected, and, uh, you know, we've got a target on our back, so whole week, we got an eye on us everyone got an eye on us, and um,
3: it's going to be hard to fill on the up the second time, but just kind of keeping focused,
4: keeping connected,
3: keeping that energy, playing together, kind of what got us that big last year, and just like hitting them hard, and, and uh, time for week two. Great, and also, you know, moving in next week, if you can get a lot of points here, it sets you up for the championship bracket. Let's talk about the United Championship a little bit. The boys over there, uh, like we said, need to get some wins. Over under, how many wins are getting this weekend?
4: Oh, I mean, you know, we've been giving them a lot of um, a lot of crap this week, kind of uh, because we're going to work. We travel together. We're really united, um, franchise, and so which is really cool. Um, We go to meals together, things like that. And so, um, you know, they said, "Women, you know, you're you're giving us the motivation to keep up, kind of giving them a little kick in the butt." But um, yeah, guys, together. They got a lot of young guys too over there, and um, so we. It's
3: awesome. Well make sure before you warm up, ice your back, and carrying them. Rub your rant fans. We'll catch you later with the next interview. Hey, it's the big guy Scott Ferrara, experts coach Emil Walton here.
5: Great win. Thank you. First match, opening match in DC. How are you feeling? Uh good. We came out a little slow out of the gates, but uh, you know it's hot to humid. Uh, it yeah. feels a little spongy, so the guys aren't getting the you know the right traction on it, but hey, it wins a win, and we'll just have to go back to the to the to the drawing board and figure out what we need to do, better. Absolutely. You guys look. Yeah. You, besides mistakes, mistakes happen. Mm-hmm.
3: Pre-match jitters, like you said. Weather's tough here. I'm dying right now in yeah. this heat. I'm not even playing.
5: But um, looking on to the next couple matches, how do you manage that? Uh, that, that player energy because of the heat. Yeah, I think recovery is key. We're in the locker room right now making sure the guys are hydrated and getting ready for the next game. I think it's a mental battle at this point in time. We definitely have all the athletes to get us through the next game. Um, it's just a matter of getting our mental men, mental game ready and, and getting uh, re- rehydrated and, and just kind of getting prepped for the next game. So Awesome. Who, yeah. do you, who is your man of the match for your match? Oh, man, it's got to be Nolan. Nolan Tamaloa. He's uh, from Atlanta. Great kid. He's got an option to play for Tonga, a, a, a Samoa, and the US. So wow, let's hope he does. You know, uh, first time on the seventh senior in the US. So we're very happy that we got him from Atlanta, and uh, want well, to say thank you to Stevie Brett and the <laughs> to kind of sign him over to us. But uh, very exciting future for him. I would say he definitely kind of carried it for us. Um, we have so many really superstars, so many good stars in the, in the team, so it's hard to pick one. But I think Nolan stood out, and he definitely stood out last weekend, too. So let's hope that he's okay. He kind of had a knee injury last weekend, but he's, he's yeah. still getting, yeah, he's, he's getting
3: there. Yeah, he's getting there. So, yeah. Coach, thank you so much for being Appreciate on the show. It, Appreciate you. it. Yeah, good thank luck. you. And it's the big guy here again. We have Ish Shabazz, one of my friends. <laughs> MLR champion from Rugby yeah. New York. Also playing for the championship with the headliners in the next match yep. uh, upcoming it's pouring outside right now. Luckily, we have a break in between uh, some of the matches here, so I'm just going to go ahead. and. So far, how do you like the event?
2: Man, I mean, it's, the pitch, like the rain, yeah, yeah, so it's not ideal for sevens, but that field is so nice. Yeah, it's great. That field is so nice. Like, they've been treating us real well, too, yeah. so it's been real good. The locker room is nice. so Perfect. Everything, I'm
3: glad. You know. I'm glad. So, I mean, so far you've been kicking butt on the field. What's the key going into this championship match to close it out?
2: I mean, we just got to play our game. Um so it looks like we're going to be playing the Experts. And when we lost to them last week in the final, that second half, we I don't think we had any possession, maybe a line-out. Um, but we completed zero passes. Like, we had no possession in the second half. So
0: play our game with some possession. And, you know, the boys can ball. I, yeah, you
2: know. listen,
3: Experts were, were, were falling, slinging the ball around last match scoring. So then my, next, my last question is going to be, How much thought have you put into the United Championship now that the Headliners women just went out and beat the Loggerheads?
2: I mean, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Like, you know, we're giving them a tough time, like, last (laughs) week. But, like, in all seriousness, like, we know, I feel like like, we're clicking with them really well. Um, like, outside of just rugby, where spending time with them. And, like, I don't know, like, the chemistry, not with just the
4: men's team, but, like, the whole headliners That's organization great. is going real well. So That's I'm great. confident in them. Yeah, I have
3: interviewed experts. I've interviewed headliners. I've hit loggerheads, U- uh, loonies. They all say the same thing. The teams yeah. are unified in what their goal, what yeah. they want to do on the pitch. Yeah. And you guys are fighting for that United mm-hmm. Championship, not just right. the men's and the women's. Yeah. So, Ish, appreciate you coming on, man. Good yeah. luck in the championship hey, match. Hey, hey. Hopefully we'll Put get you best. on the
1: podium. Brother. Yes,
3: all right, yes, see sir. you later.